0: Stephen and Dana, Dana, and we're in the room. Hi, Dana. Welcome back. Hi, Stephen. Thank you for having me. How was your holiday break?
2: (laughs) It was great. How was yours?
0: Extended.
2: I didn't even look at what our last episode was. What Um, was it?
0: I didn't either. I'm sure we did like an end of year cheer, didn't we?
2: That's what we tend to do. And then January flew by. We played our game
0: and we looked at our game. February
2: flew by. March flew by. Well,
0: well, we got very, very busy. You're producing a documentary about one of the most important people on the planet. And I'm dressing all the other important people on the planet.
2: (laughs) Yes! We got very busy doing uh, what we like to do, where we like to do them. So...
0: Yeah, booked and blessed.
2: Booked and blessed. And I'm so tired. Um, so but we're I'm, just gonna take a nap for this episode. Yeah, we're,
0: this is a one hour moment of silence.
2: <laughs> oh no, um, it's great to see you. We've had little um dates here and there, listeners. Me and We Steve have do. had little
0: dates, and that's been nice to get back out in the world. Yeah, um, we saw
2: Tignataro, our favorite. We did very companion. recently.
0: We laughed our little tail feathers off.
2: Yes. We shook those tail feathers.
0: Yeah, and that Thai food was really good too. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah.
2: And then what else did we do? Well, okay, mm-hmm. wait, well, we saw Tina. You took me to Tina.
0: I took you to Tina.
2: Apropos of today's episode.
0: Yeah, we went to Takuba and then to teen Cuba.
2: Yeah, we're alliterative queens.
0: Obviously, obviously. Yeah. Takuba's um, and Teens. Yeah, so I took you to Tina because we were offered some comps at some point, and I wasn't there um, as often as I am now at that point. So I got to see it, too, for the first time and, like, understand what I'm doing, understand the bigger picture.
2: So that was rad. We were little front row eye cats.
0: Yeah, and I got to see my new friend, Ari Groover, who is here (laughs) with us today. Like, do her thing. Thank you for being here, my queen. A real
2: life person. Oh,
1: thank you for having me.
0: Uh, you obviously know Ari from Tina, the Tina Turner musical, but we also know her from Head Over Heels with <gasps> our queen, Bonnie Milligan. Yeah. And Caller If You Hear Me,
2: mm-hmm.
0: which was the Tupac musical at the Palace yeah. Theater.
2: Amazing. Yeah. Which I have a
0: water bottle from.
2: Oh, that's crazy. Oddly. Broadway Flea Market?
0: Probably.
1: had to have been. I Let's don't see. even have a water bottle from
0: them. It was in some some bag. Yeah. How you doing, Ari? I'm
1: good. I'm hanging in there.
0: Yeah. I'm just
1: chilling. I'm excited. I'm going to go see Funny Girl today. <gasps> yeah. So I could go see my, my other two, you know, Broadway, you know, beauties, Justin Prescott and Amber Ardolino, which I did head over heels with. Cool. Just Jessica Prescott was my twin, so I wanted to come and support. Oh, and John Michael. John Michael's in it as well.
0: <laughs> I cannot wait to hear your thoughts.
1: I know. I'm very curious to see what was, what's going to be given on the stage. Um, but I'm very excited. You know, it's yeah. good to see Michael Mayer. The last thing I did with Michael Mayer was Little Shop of Horrors, and we had such a great time. So I know they're having a great time.
0: Oh, my God. And that show is so good. That show is so good.
1: Little Shop is what that was what I did before I came to Tina Little Shop was that's what got my Lucille Lortel nominee I didn't even know what that was when I found out until so somebody was like yeah girl that's a that's a big deal that's yes, a thing yes I didn't know that at all <laughs> yeah she's cute she's cute she's a cute little you know cute little thing for, for playing the urchin it was fun it was a fun show
0: what did your because I, I don't know any of this about you. I just know, like, the work you. Um, what, what, was your, like, <laughs> what was your road to Broadway? What did that look like? Was that the childhood dream? Like, New York Yes, yeah,
2: You were born where?
0: Because you are also in... a DJ.
1: Yes, I am. I was, I, when I did not see this as the dream, absolutely not. I always used to think that Broadway was too white and I was too different to be on earth, If I'm being completely honest, but... How's I was born in Savannah, Georgia, I'm a Georgia Peach, and then grew up in Savannah and Atlanta, Georgia. Um, and I actually went to school. Like, I did musical theater and performing arts in school. Went to performing arts high school for dance and acting, not necessarily musical theater. And I also went for illustration. I really wanted to be... Mm. Uh, uh, into art and wanted to be a sequential artist for like storyboard animations, um, comic books, because I was a comic book nerd, so I didn't really see myself being a Broadway performer. I actually saw myself either doing art for companies or either being a backup dancer behind some famous singer. That's what I thought I was going to be, and the higher power said absolutely (laughs) not. (laughs) You well, you no. No
2: <laughs> <laughs> I will. I'm going. I'm going to fight back on that because we can see you. We're all virtual listeners, yes. and I can see. Is this your apartment? Yeah, just circle okay. yes or no. Okay, I'm in Jersey City right now. Okay, so you have some banging art on your wall, <laughs> and also on your earlobes. Oh, your yeah. I can tell you are an artiste, and do not hide that light under a bushel. no.
1: Yeah, I should I should appreciate it more. I mean, that is what, that was one of my first loves. But yeah, I never thought I would have been on musicals and would have mom, been here all But I'm here. Yay!
2: <laughs> what here. was your first uh theater experience? What kind of gave you that juice? Um, The first one that I
1: saw was my mom she used to teach at Savannah State, and she did they ended up doing The Wiz. And I love, love, love The Wiz. I would play the album all the time. We would watch the movie all the time. And the first time I really got to see like a actual show on tour, which is all crazy, y'all, it was Cats. (laughs) It was really, it was Cats. And I was like, oh my God, these people are cats. And that is so dope. (laughs) As corny as it sounds, Cats was like one of the first like professional shows I ever saw, ever seen, uh, whatever the past tense is for it. Um, that I saw, that I was just enamored with the fact that these people were being cats. Yep. And my little mind went running rampant with the all the power of, the things of transformation.
0: That I can do.
1: Yes. Like
2: you can't unsee that.
1: No, you cannot. <laughs>
0: You could forever,
1: scared. And I, it was a bunch of like little kids that were petrified. And I wanted to be up there on stage looking at, oh, what's his name? Deuteronomy. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you sit so still? <laughs> I always think I about, think about that sure. on
0: TV when like somebody's dead. I'm like, how do you play, do you, for so you play dead for so long? How do you breathe that shallowly?
1: How do you do that? You don't take a breath of air at one point in time?
2: I count my residual checks. I know that's right.
1: <laughs>
2: that's how over, I would do it. Over the fence. They're <laughs> jumping the fences.
0: You've lost your damn mind. I know. This, I, this is called punchy. Ooh. <laughs> punchy Brewster over here. <laughs> he, is, he is. Okay, so from Savannah, Georgia to New York City
1: yeah savannah atlanta and new york city
0: what brought you to new york
1: what brought me to new york was the first show that i ever did in new york city which was bear the musical off broadway
0: Yes, and it was
1: the revival i don't know what you say revival i guess you could say that it was a new version that we did at new world stages and the wonderful stafford arima directed this he's also the person that directed allegiance Uh, For people Mm -hmm. who may not know who he is. Mm -hmm. Um, And then uh, got here, had no clue. I was like, I never thought that I would have been in New York being some character dancing (laughs) with Travis Wall Wall teaching me choreography and then doing the craziness stuff of theater that we do. And that's what got me here. And that was like in 2012. So that's almost 10 years ago, actually.
0: I had no idea that it was just that you booked you booked a gig that took you here and here you stayed.
1: And I stayed. Uh, it was just, it was no point in me going back to Atlanta because at the point, at that time, there was just nothing there for me to sort of go back to. Um, mm. So I just thought maybe I'll just take my chances here in New York. And see what happens, and you know, had little jobs, survival jobs here and there. My favorite one was working at the Museum of Sex, y'all. That was a very yes, yes, interesting job.
0: What was your, if you'll pardon the pun, position there?
1: My position, if it was up to me, it would be working with all the doggies. Now playing. Uh, (laughs) My position, I was actually like a sales clerk at the store in. It was interesting because we had to learn a lot about the toys so Mm -hmm. different companies would come in and they would give us some of the toys for free to sample try out and people would ask you know how do you feel about this toy i'm looking for something for my wife or i'm looking for something for my husband i'm looking for something for my partner um what would you suggest and it, it took a lot of actually educating myself on one what i liked um in order to like you know tell tell others what is the greatest you know toy not only that you have the museum but a lot of people would also come there for certain events that they would have there um mm-hmm. well you know sometimes they would teach people like a beginner's course on you know uh bondage you know s and 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 mm-hmm. you know it was it was actually very safe for the most part you know you get some of your crazies that think oh you're a prostitute and you're like no that's not how this works mm-hmm. I'm also sex workers, let them have their, they need money too. Um, but it was, it was a very educational environment for the most part that I actually had fun. I was like, Oh, this is kind of cool. You got the companies that are really wanting to know your input. You know, what Mm -hmm. you think about these toys? Uh, can we try it out for, you know, this amount of time? Um, this is the thing that's in season. This is the ones that the couples really like It's. it was pretty interesting. Um, a lot of a lot of a uh, information that was shared and I was just like, Oh, that's I ain't want all that, but okay. <laughs>
2: but <laughs> now it was you know.
1: Now I know. But it was great. And then from there, in the meantime, we went, did the survival jobs, and then ended up booking Hall If You Hear Me, the workshop, which was like right before we went on Broadway. And the workshop was very special because that's how I got to meet my dear friend, you know, God rest his soul, Chadwick Bozeman. Mm. he was the lead before um Saul that. Williams took over. And he was such a, a light and a leader. And, you know, it was so funny because we were just seeing his career sort of take off while doing this um sort of workshop. And you know, everybody knew who he was. Everybody was like, Oh, you're you're 42, you're Jackie Robinson, because that's what everybody could just pinpoint from then and there. And he was going to go do James Brown after that and then along with that finding out that he was going in for Black Panther and all this stuff so he was taking off but it was mm-hmm. a good you know, experience to I think everybody now knowing what we know now and now seeing the things that have happened we understood that that experience was really to all fellowship as a family first before we even went to Broadway and sort of the fellowship him because he was really 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 a good guy um hmm. was really about giving back so that was my first interaction with uh holler if you hear me and then you know trying to figure out if we were gonna make it on Broadway and then they decided to put us up at the palace which was the biggest theater one of the biggest theaters of all time and I said very wow. big <laughs> yeah this is currently this is hovering in hovering the air hovering in the air don't know what's going on she's just floating
0: I'm cool lately. with that
1: I'm cool cool Am with I... that and you know, it it was an experience where we had a lot of Broadway first, mm-hmm. um, like one of my good friends, Shakina Kalakango, who is in Paradise Square now, who did mm-hmm. Slave Play. Uh, I I don't think that was her first Broadway show, but it was like a couple of us, and it was a, a pretty predominantly Black show. So we had a lot of first of young Black people on this stage for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Joshua Boone, who's, like, also doing things. Shahi Kears, who's doing things. Everybody is doing, like, magnificent stuff from that show. And I didn't realize that that Tupac musical was a catalyst for a lot of things that are sort of happening now. Um, Which, you know, kind of sucks because we were kind of, you know, put on the back burner for a lot of things. But... I think it was very imperative for people, especially people of color, especially Black people, to see a whole bunch of Black people on stage talking about something that is real. And at that time, in 2014, it was ahead of its time. Um, mm-hmm. If it would have came yeah, out yeah, maybe so. 2016, with all of you know the police brutality, you know like Eric Garner, um, uh, all of these young men that were sort of being. Killed by police, um and then the prison systems, and knowing all the information that we know now, we I think it would have been very impactful. But it still did it. It still did it. its justice. It's just it was ahead of its time. <laughs> That's what I say. But it, sure. I, you know, it was one of the it was one of the greatest experiences that I've, honestly I've ever had for for a first Broadway show.
0: Yeah, I betcha. Yeah. <laughs> did he,
1: you
2: ever? Uh, did you ever tour?
1: No, I've done I've done out of towns, but I've never toured um, at all. Um, I would say sometimes I would be like, "Oh, would I want to tour it?" But I feel like touring is now different, being that you know producers are want to be you know a little bit reserved about their money, so the contracts are not the greatest. I think, um, mm-hmm. and I don't even want to say that because I I think it depends on people's predicaments, and I think a tour's a wonderful thing to do. You have the experience and all of that stuff. But I think now I'm kind of like, for myself and what I'm trying to go through, a tour would have to be beneficial for me in terms of oh, like yeah. money. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, absolutely.
1: You've you made yourself a home and it's like, oh, I'm here and I'm settled. And I don't know why I would want to go on tour. Unless the right. money was great. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. You know, part you've always wanted to play person right. you've always wanted to work with. Right. Checks too good to say no.
1: Right. Yeah, but I've never tried and toured. get two of those met. If you can get two, oh, you're doing great. Yep. But I've never toured. <laughs> maybe, maybe one day. It's never, you know. I never say never.
0: It would be a cool way to see the country. I love, you know. I have it friends is. who mostly tour. Like they hate being in New York because it means they're between jobs. Yeah. Um, and they've seen every tour, every theater, everywhere.
1: Yeah, that's true. The
0: theater nerd in me is so jealous of that. that yes. Been in every single sacred house. Yeah. Um, that's amazing.
1: Isn't it? It's so dope. But I haven't, I haven't had that experience yet. Maybe one day.
2: Like old vaudevillion in you, Stephen.
0: Right? <laughs>
2: With, oh, bus and truck. Yeah. <laughs> Got your can of grease paint in the follow spot.
0: That's all I need. Pretzels and beer. Pretzels and beer. Pretzels <laughs> and
1: beer. That's it. That'll take you far. That's
0: it. Or or I guess in your case, cause cheez Cause
1: I do love some Cheez-Its. I would take some Cheez-Its up. There's, and Stephen knows, because I'm like, <laughs> I'll have my, my Cheez-Its and like I'll have my robe and then I forget that I got the cheez it wrappers, like the, the bag in my robe and I forget to throw it in trash and Steven's probably digging in and being like, who had Ari had cheeses? (laughs) And it's the white cheddar.
2: Yes.
0: The best ones.
1: My new
2: favorite question is if you're going on a road trip and you stop at a gas station, it's not attached to a Taco Bell. Like, it's just a gas station. You can get three things. What are they?
1: Oh, my God. This is hard. Great question. Okay. So I got to have, like, the cheese, the Cheetos puffs. I got to have the Cheetos puffs. Like, it's amazing. The Southern girl and me will have some sunflower seeds because I ah! would
2: tear those. You <laughs> just spit them out the window.
1: Yeah, we would just tear up sunflower seeds to the point where our mouths are like, You really need to have some water, friend. I need you to drink.
3: <laughs> and
1: this is going to sound, it depends on where I go, though, because not, not a lot of people are going to have this. This is a very Southern thing, too. Boiled peanuts.
2: Ooh. do go on.
1: Boiled peanuts is, you know, you got these peanuts in a can or the peanuts have been soaked in some sort of, I don't know, sure. and they're salty and sometimes they could be spicy too, depending on if you want a Cajun version of it or not. <gasps> and so you do them, you serve them while they're hot.
0: Mm. And
1: so instead of like peanuts that you roast, they're just peanuts that you boil and you may put, you know, salt. Some people like to put vinegar. Some people like to do something in it and let it sit there and you eat them when they're hot and it's so good. Sometimes you put like cayenne pepper, you know, you can put some paprika. Now I don't know, some people are different about what they do and put on their boiled peanuts. But I said, this is a very Southern thing. This is what I'm like, yeah. this is where the Southern girl comes in. Cause I'm like, if you know you from some really like back alley <laughs> town. <laughs> They would know exactly what I'm talking about because they would serve them at the like the convenience store. Where you could just go, you know, like some now some bodegas have them, like you know you can find
0: them.
1: But it's yeah, boiled peanuts used to be my jam.
0: That sounds so delicious. <laughs> Anything
1: title, and title of that.
0: hot and salty.
1: Hot and hot and salty.
0: <laughs> All I need.
1: <laughs> that's, that's my go-to.
0: I don't know what my third one would be. I would definitely need a 64 ounce. Diet Peach Snapple, no question.
1: Absolutely, I don't know why I didn't say that. I no have that one.
0: I'm thinking some corn nuts for salty and crunchy.
1: Okay, okay, I like that.
0: And then I want something sweet to balance it, so some sort of, I'm between like the the sour gummy or the Werther's Original Soft Chew. Oh. For the, yeah, That's decadent. Cool. I would, the I'm always a
2: Werther's Original.
0: Yeah. 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 So, so good.
1: I don't know. I feel like I want a, I want a little sour. I want a little kick. Yeah. A little tart. Yeah. Yeah. So I can annoy somebody. In and the you can feel it right in the back of your <laughs> right. tongue. Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh. Oh, I can Ash, feel
0: it now. Damn it. I can yeah.
1: feel it after yeah. going to the dentist to get my teeth clean and my dentist. It's <laughs> like, great choice. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, great one.
0: Um, Ari, we have to talk about your recent uh, appearance in the press.
1: Oh, my God. You've been
0: all over these pages. It's crazy. And these screens. It's crazy. Because during our Megamix, your wig flew off. Absolutely. How far did it fly? Off.
1: It just fell off the floor. (laughs) To off. the point where I said, I need to pick it up and get it out my way. Cause at this point, I'm I was over the show at that yeah. point. There was it, was it was a bit of a
0: gremlin show for a lot of people. That yeah. show was off balance. Very
1: say. off balance. Interesting. And We're and I said this it. to
0: you that night. And I said this to you that night. When, and Julia Murney taught us this on this podcast. When you are a leading lady, there is kind of this unspoken um, responsibility that you yes. have to lead the company. Yes. You, so you're not just doing your part. You're not just in your track. Like, everyone in the building is now taking their cues from you. Yep. So if you start to get a little flappy, everyone else is going to start to feel a little flappy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it, it it is the burden that you bear and sorry about it (laughs) and also congratulations they trust you to do it and you did it all of that to say that show happened because you remained cool as a cucumber you let it roll off your back like a duck Mm -hmm. and you went on that stage and you quacked
1: I surely did (laughs)
0: And, and then it, the wig falling off was just the cherry on top.
1: It was. I was like, oh my gosh, you got to be kidding the me. The
0: theater ghost said, just one more. Just
1: one more. There's some ghosts at the Lunt-Fontaine. They are really comedians because they really like to pick and choose who they're going to mess with. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 they're it's friendly bro. ghosts. They're friendly they're, ghosts. They're Caspers. They, they're Caspers, but they they do like to shake things up every now and then.
0: It's still their house.
1: Yeah, it's still their house.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I had a front row seat to all of this, so I'm stage right. We like to, we all know the the mega mix choreo backstage, so we all like to, you know, do it from time to time and give the girls on stage a little extra energy because yes, that extra ten minutes after you've bowed is hard.
2: It's hard after doing a show that's
0: it's almost hard. Like three
2: hours. Yeah. And what and what songs are in the mega mix? Like put us in the room if we have not seen it. So. If you have I don't want to. I don't know if I can give it away. You can though. Maybe okay. Maybe you can. Let's say it's Tina Turner's biggest hits. It is Tina Turner's biggest. We'll keep want
0: we'll a surprise in the other one because there's video of your wig flying off.
2: Yeah. It's
0: yeah. Proud Mary. It's probably to be expected. Okay. Right?
2: Yes, we'll add that to our Instagram. So the maybe. other
1: one is for the, for the Tina people, I don't want to ruin because they really love that song. So okay. I'm like, yeah. You know, it's a, I don't want to ruin it, but and it's and this the funny thing is is that. In Tina, I normally play Tina's sister. So I play the opposite of Tina in almost everything that she does. And so that night I was playing Tina where I I have to switch where I'm like, no, girl, now you're on the opposite (laughs) side of what you do. And it was one of those things where like the sound was not working. So nobody, our our musicians couldn't hear each other out of their ear. Right. (gasps) Sheldon had to play drums. Sheldon had to play the drums. Our our drum our thing is what that's cool about Tina is that we actually have some musicians that are like actually in the show they are in the scenes mm-hmm. they run up from their position from backstage where they normally set up to play with the band and then sometimes they have a drum set an electronic drum kit on stage and then mm-hmm. our bass player full costume our guitar full guitar player would have a full wig full costume all of this stuff um, and that day, none of the musicians could hear anything out of their ear. Our drummer was sitting next to our conductor trying to speak and give him the the uh, metronome for each song. So the monitors weren't working. We couldn't hear each other. They couldn't hear me. I couldn't hear them. The musicians couldn't hear each other. That was our show. Our show started 20 minutes late for that already. And so the entire first act i said great i can't hear nothing so i'm looking at these monitors with our md alvin hodge who did a wonderful job trying to figure out am i on the right beat sir because i can't hear nothing everything is mono on stage our oh, what a nightmare swing, our wonderful swing sheldon <laughs> sheldon henry had to come and get dressed to be the drummer because it looks weird. The first scene, the Club Manhattan, we didn't have a drummer or a it's bass player.
0: Big drum kit center stage and, and nobody drum playing drums. And
1: nobody's playing drums. <gasps> All I know is Nick Rashad Burroughs, who plays Ike, turns around to cue the band to stop, <laughs> and there was no band there to be found. <laughs> and What? I said, what, what is happened? going on? So Shelly, we call, we call him Keisha, because that's just the name we've given. It's a long story. So Shelly aka Keisha has to come in get I got dressed, his clothes. Got his Steven has his clothes to to be to be Rocky the drum the drummer. Mm-hmm. And also the drum kit we thought was turned off actually <laughs> wasn't turned off so he starts playing and it starts playing things and he's like oh so I okay I got to I got to I got to really mind this because this thing is, this is doing hot. its own thing. This is hot. And so that entire show, mm. Shelly had to go and be Rocky the drummer on stage. God.
0: Trying uh-uh. to play these drums. Uh-uh. Just, you know, uh-uh. and
1: Shelly said, I don't I don't play the drums, but we're gonna make it work. Broadway. 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 And Broadway. so that was that was the entire show. I was having there was something wrong with my costumes, my magnets for one of them. I think the way they were either washed or the way it was sewn in for one dress was just like not working. And there's this... If you see Tina, and y'all have seen it for those who are listening who have not, Tina does not leave the stage. She only leaves the stage for a 30-second change. And if you don't make that 30-second change, well, you are just, you know, out of luck. (laughs) (laughs) Because you don't have no time. You're trying to drink water. You're trying to get your new wig on. You're trying to put on your shoes. You're trying to put on this fabulous dress. um, All with under 20 to 30 seconds so that she can make it on stage with about it, two
0: dressers and a hair person What about please. two dressers
1: and a hair person at least and you're on stage the entire time that the fact that they even dress you on stage the ensemble mm-hmm. dresses you on stage you're trying to get some drink of water you speak throughout the entire show you're singing throughout like 27 songs throughout the entire show and some of my costumes weren't working like there was one time I missed one cue and came out late because that beautiful dress in disco inferno, Steven, you mm-hmm. remember got so tangled and the zipper just wasn't working the way that it was supposed to, that I'm just in here like, oh well, we'll see if somebody will step up and be the lead. Please, somebody take over. You better be good to me. Better be good. To better me. be good to me. And the ghost <laughs> at the Lafontaine said, absolutely not. <laughs> so it was that's that was just like that was the whole gist of the show and we were already coming off with that energy and i was like instead of being mad about it, i was just like all right well cool next one we'll we'll get it next time because you just don't have time you don't have time to be flustered because if you're flustered it's going to ruin your whole show it's like you don't Mm -hmm. have time so you get through it and you know you're like okay i made it through the show all right let's let's do this thing Let's close this baby out. We're already twenty minutes behind, and you know we don't want the people to get overtime. It's eleven fifteen. It's eleven fifteen. <gasps> so the people are already getting, getting overtime, right? And do this, sing the first song in the mega mix. Get Christ. to "Proud Mary." Everybody's like, "Yeah, do it again." And we're like, "Oh, yay for y'all!" Because we love time. you one more time, and we get in it and we get into the you know her signature moves and all i know is the wig falls down and i was so mad to the point that i said you know what i get the wig i scoop it up throw it stage right and then get right back on beat because i said i got to go home <laughs>
0: have
1: to. i have to go home we're going to go home <laughs> whatever and, it takes whatever it takes we're going to go home <laughs> everybody's screaming while they're seeing my wig cap and the magnet that is on my head and doing the choreography. But then at some point there's a guitar solo within Proud Mary that gives me enough time to go off stage and then put my wig back on. And I was like, see y'all theater magic. Voila.
0: Veterinary Potter seat. isn't
1: doing this, honeys.
0: That guitar solo is what? Eight bars? Maybe 16? Maybe
1: 16? Like huh. Maybe. It could be about a good eight because it's so quick. She
0: walks oh on God, stage, I right and Crystal, our care supervisor, is like pulling pins out of her wrist like a bat out of hell and just pinning this thing back. And Ari's like, I'm good. I'm good. And everyone's just like, Where, where how can I help? And everyone yeah. knew just to not get too close, let them do it. And she walked right back out on that stage. And she was like,
1: There you go. That's it. I
0: mean, What's Annie- your next question? <laughs>
1: guardian Leviosa, y'all. This is Harry Potter who.
2: Any acting teacher will tell you your greatest acting moments, your most inspired moments will come when you are over it. When you are tired, then do your scene. Oh my
1: gosh. You will be amazing. And she's not wrong because the way I picked up that wig and I said, you know what? I've had it up to here. Ghost of the Lunt Fontaine.
0: Glenn was practically on his knees, just like trying to grab it off the stage <laughs> without getting kicked by, Katie, I mean Weber. Kicked
1: by Katie, Katie Weber. Katie Weber was like, wait, your wig fell off.
2: <laughs> so I have a question regarding the wig. Do you have a protocol of what happens if it does happen?
1: Well, I bet you they probably will now. They will
2: now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, There was
1: no protocol. I think it, and to be honest, I don't know if that could have happened to anybody else that night. I don't know what anybody else would have done. I would assume that most of them would have gone on because I I think everybody's professional and wonderful at Tina, that they just have that, you know, Mm -hmm. instinct to do it. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how they would have felt afterwards. Um, So I was like, there might have been a reason why it sort of happened to me. Because most yeah. people are like, Yeah, Ari, you know, she gets a lot of the, you know, if anything happens, she's normally good with going on, unless if it was like something that somebody was in danger. Mm-hmm. Um, normally I will continue to go on and just be cautious about it. But I don't know what people would have done, honestly, <laughs> right. if that would have happened to them. I don't know it's if they would fight have wanted to continue. Yeah.
0: Response.
1: It wasn't. I just was like, girl, we fighting because we gotta go. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You we go. did the math real quick that okay, it's mega mix. Nobody's in danger. There's no more sets moving. No there's mean, no there's entrances. Nothing. There's nothing. There's We've nothing. bowed. This is extra.
1: This is extra. So, so make I'm going to make it extra.
0: <laughs> yes.
2: And we sure what? what press picked it up? I mean, you were everywhere. People
1: Magazine.
0: Wendy it was, Williams.
1: It was like, it started with People Magazine and then it just went on from here and then it was on Good Morning America then it was on Wendy Williams then it was on The Talk and then somebody said it was on Access Daily with Mario Lopez being like oh that was so great and I was just like I'm sorry what is going on then it was on uh, Huffington Post then BET you know you BET is a <laughs> black person you like oh I done made it um, <laughs> like BuzzFeed a whole bunch of other stuff where I was just like how did this get this far?
2: Is that so a blessing in that would. disguise? Would you I call guess, it?
1: I guess you could call it that. You know, or is my my little cousin? She like to say blessing in disguise because she thinks it's in the sky. And I was just <laughs> like, oh, that's so cute, girl. It's <laughs> yes. a blessing in the skies. <laughs> that's what she says. She's, she's not, not wrong. She's not wrong. She's not wrong. She's not wrong. So I I assume so. I guess.
0: I love what Sherry Shepard said, uh, you know, as a Broadway vet herself. Okay. From Cinderella. Um, she was like, anybody who's worn a wig, you know when it's about to fall off. Because it slides first. It never just it flies. It never just
1: flies. It slides first.
0: So you have a you warning. Do. You There's nothing <laughs> you can do. Because you have a mic in it. You have other things you, tied up in it. You can't just you can't yank just, it.
1: Right. And you're, you're you're putting your head, you know, you're doing a move where your head is flying down first. Yeah. And I felt that slide. And I said, well...
0: <laughs> sliding on the river.
1: Well, oh, sliding on the river. This is my demise as Tina. And <laughs> I don't know what is about to happen after this. By that third one, I said, oh, yeah, she's off.
2: <laughs> well, honestly, at the end of the day, it's what would Tina do? And you did what Tina would do. And that's Thank it. Thank you.
1: That's it. Thank you. A lot of people... You are playing Tina. People... <laughs> Some people would beg to differ. They would be like, Tina would never be caught with that. I said, "How? how first of all, how many people here have seen Tina in their lifetime perform? So a lot of them <laughs> were younger people because I was just like, y'all have never seen Tina in her lifetime perform. You don't know what she's done. <laughs> um, but also, they're like, you know, drag queens keep their wigs on. I said, no, I've seen plenty of shows where drag queens have danced their wigs off and they get... All of the dollars in the world.
0: Yeah, that's right. that's right. You, they pass that wig around like an offering basket. Okay.
1: <laughs> so I was just like, you know, a lot of people like, oh, it wouldn't be me. It wouldn't be me because my team would know better. I'm like, no, nah, we had a great team. It's just sometimes, sometimes things do happen. Like when you think your wig, you know, is secured to the best of its abilities, I might dance and a, you know, clip may fly off or pin right. may fly off, and there's, you know.
2: Titanic thought it had a whole bunch of dinghies. It didn't.
1: And it did. It did. And look what happened. You know.
0: Do you have other memorable onstage oopsie doopsie whoopsies (laughs) that... Uh, um,
2: Do they measure up to this one?
1: I don't know if they measure up to this one. (laughs) But there was one time, it was like a, it was a trickle effect. And I think it was one time when I was playing one of the iKids and we were doing higher and something had happened, and all I know is one person that did the choreography wrong. So I thought I was doing the choreography wrong. So then the other girls thought they were doing the choreography wrong, and we were all doing different things. <laughs> and we were like, "What is happening?" So it ended up being four solos, and then when we got to the the chorus, we were all packed to where it was. But we were like, "Did I do this?" She said, "No, it was because of me because she did. I did this, then she did this, and then y'all thought y'all were all wrong. So we just we were just wrong."
0: I could picture y'all's faces though.
1: Oh my god,
0: selling it, we were selling, selling it with selling your it.
1: teeth, trying to sell it, and we were like, "Y'all know we wrong, right?" It's okay. <laughs>
0: it's fine.
1: <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's always like stuff with the eye cats, um, that is hilarious to me. Oh no, there is one time playing Aline, which is Tina's sister, where. I was trying to grab the phone. There's a there's a scene where I'm having a phone call with with Tina, and I got an old school, you know, like phone that you hold with the line landline, and you got to turn the the things. <laughs> of, the rotary yeah, phone. Yeah, the right. rotary phone. I had a rotary phone, and trying to hold it in the back where you can hold it, and I think Matthew had gave it to me, and it kind of slipped, and I caught it, but then <laughs> Tina was saying something. And I had the phone here. And I said, I'm sorry, girl. I'm going to drop the phone. What you say now? <laughs> <laughs> and everybody died because, again. Unflappable.
2: Unflappable.
1: Again, the ghosts at the La Fontaine love to pick at me because they want to see what I will do. And <sighs> when that phone dropped, and Tina had said something, and I said, girl, I'm sorry. I'm going to drop this phone because of your son. What did you say now? <laughs> And I said, you know what, Ari, you might be all right in this life. Trust
0: the character. Trust the character. Trust the character. Because
1: if it's somebody that can improv, it's going to be me. And you can Ari, thank I Little Shop not. of Horrors for that.
0: <laughs> I have not heard that story. That is... Hilarious. I think that
1: might have been right before you got there, Stephen. Or it might have been like you were working there, but you weren't doing as many days as you're doing sure now. I wasn't paying
0: attention to anybody, that's for sure.
1: Glenn was like, when you dropped that phone and you picked it up and then you said what you said, I almost lost it. I said, I almost did too. That phone could have hit somebody in the head. <laughs>
2: You must started a whole comedy set. Like who's here, how we doing Cincinnati? Yes, Eileen
1: <laughs> is the one to do it. She's she who's here on know. a
2: date. Who's here on a date?
1: Oh my goodness. It was, that was the, the one time I said, you know what Ari, I don't, maybe you just need to quit girl. Cause you just, the ghost at the LaFontaine just love to pick at you. You got to find <laughs> something else.
0: <laughs> That's brilliant. Transitioning in the interest of time, I Need to know more about your DJ life because again, I re- only know you at work life,
2: yeah. That's right, we love a multi hyphenate Yes,
1: Ooh. I you know, DJing has always kind of been something that's kind of been around my life the whole time. Well, especially I would say the music aspect of it.
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: being in Atlanta and I used to be, I used to dance for this sort of underground group. They used to call themselves uh, the Funk Lords. And they were, you know, a bunch of B-boys and B-girls, poppers and lockers in the old school sense of how New York used to be uh, when it comes to Cypher. And we would always have, you know, our MC, our dancers, you know, B-boy, B-girl, you know, person who does the graffiti and then your DJ. And so our DJ was like, you know, just integral to the whole function and I would always be around the DJ. We would always change vinyls or, you know, exchange vinyls for you know, something. Let me listen to this. So it's always been there, but it wasn't until I got to New York City where I was just like, you know what, I'm actually in the Mecca, so let me try to, you know, do this thing. And I really got into it once Holler If You Hear Me closed.
3: Mm.
1: And I was just like, you know, maybe I should really start to get into DJing. So I ended up buying, like, a turntable, this equipment, this mixer, um, and an MK2 technique for all the DJs, techniques, who all, DJs out there listening, y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. It's, like, the the diamond, you know, turntable you're supposed to have. They don't make them anymore. So, Um, but I got started with this because I was just, like, I have a love for music. And then I had a mentor that I met with. His name is O.P. Miller. He goes by uh, OP, he's a wonderful DJ and he used to have a collective called um, I Love Vinyl and it was an I Love Vinyl crew where they would go out every Friday or Saturday night I can't remember, in Brooklyn and play at this club and they would play all like 70s funk and, and 80s funk and a whole bunch of stuff but it was all vinyl. They would, you know, have 33s or 45s, most of them 45s because it was easier to carry for the people who don't know. You had to <laughs> put vinyl in the crates and put it in the car. You didn't have iTunes back then it was heavy you had to lift you had to lift the crates the slats the slats exactly so they would you know they they loved the nostalgia of it so they they kept that going and it's kind of like how I met my mentor OP and he would also teach certain um uh aspects of DJing and I was like let me learn from you and I learned a lot from him Um, about the music and how to create the atmosphere, but also the technical side of it that comes with DJing because a lot of people forget, you know, DJing. You also have to be sort of a sound person, an audio engineer to your own thing, or at least be able to speak the language that your audio engineer at a club would do. And because I was a woman, (laughs) a lot of men will talk to you as if you don't know what you are talking about. It's like the same thing for women who are plumbers or women who are engineers or are taking something of physical, you know, you know, assets or whatever. And he taught me a lot of things. He was like, I want you to be able to learn how to play on all types of things. You have turntables, you have CDJs, you have controllers now, which are an all in one unit that you can take with you. And he was just like, I don't want you to you can have a preference of what you like to play. But if they don't have it, I don't want that to hinder you from learning how to play the music because the music is always going to come. You're going to find a way. And he was really good at that. And all I know is I ended up really getting into it. And I think it's because of also being a dancer. I was really into, you know, creating an atmosphere. So I would create playlists in my room, send it to people, or I would go to certain places and we would do a snob. Like for those who are in theater, if you know what a snob is, they would normally do it on Sunday nights. I'm sorry, not Sunday, Saturday nights. And it would be after a two-show day. Since we can't necessarily go to the club the next day because we have a show on um, Sunday and sometimes it would be two shows or either one show on Sunday. But you would pay your person, the theater person at the door, some change, you know, get them a bottle. It's, it's a great alcohol, good selection. And you can stay in your theater in your dressing rooms and party and play music until maybe like one or 2 AM in the morning. And it's something that I started getting into. And to be honest, the big person who really started it is my brother and my actual like business partner, in my Ashley DJ collective, his name <laughs> his name is Preston Duggar, and he goes by DJ Duggs. He started doing this at Memphis a long mm. time ago, like in 2009, and it became something that we all kind of have done. And so because of that, having theater as a background and then having DJing as a background, I wanted to be part of this collective and started this collective with my business partner, DJ does, who's the same thing. He was a, not only a company ballet dancer, but he was also a Broadway person and a DJ. So we got together with a, our other business partner and she's a lovely, lovely woman. Her name is Emily McGill. And she was really good at doing a lot of PR, um, uh, also a lot of AR for a lot of companies. She would work for Kenny Leon. She's done a lot of different things with consulting and she's also a theater person who loves music. We all decided to make this collective called Snob and for us it's Sunday nights on Broadway because Sunday is our Friday since we're off on Mondays and we started doing these parties, these monthly parties for the Broadway community or people who are artists who have always wanted to go to something that's underground and have a chance to be free drink have a good time with all without feeling like they have to be performative all the time because mm-hmm. you know as performers we're always feeling like we have to you know get up and perform to to get through the day and this was something that we decided to do in like I want to say 2018 2018 yeah 2018 was our first year that we did it and you know despite the pandemic we've still been been holding on to it and have been branching out and getting bigger so because of that we've been DJing for opening parties the last biggest thing we did was the opening night of not the opening night but the reopening of Broadway with Passover we did a block party yeah. that was rad huge.
0: of course that's
2: so cool
1: and so because of that we've sort sort of been getting our name out there of what we can do and what we can offer and hopefully you know branch out even more with that within Broadway because I think every industry sort of has that underground parties that people go to we already know musicians have it Prince used to do it all the time
0: mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
1: movies they sort of have it um, Broadway and theater don't really have that world and it's definitely a world there for the people so we we wanted to try to create it and dabble in that and that's basically how snob became what it became and how djing has been going for me so a lot of opening nights <laughs>
2: yeah it's i love now. the matching up of like a completely i mean it's b- still music but yeah. it's a different culture yeah uh-huh. mashed into something
0: Took the words different. right out of my mouth
2: yeah i love it and,
1: and that was something that we wanted to to express because i think the thing sometimes the problem that Broadway has when it comes to doing shows is that I don't think representation of culture or allowing cultures to be ah you know to be able to be authentic in a mm-hmm. sense uh, authentically themselves in a sense um, where I feel like Snob allows people who may not normally go through things like this can go come to things like this and feel safe about. Uh, immersing themselves in the culture um mm-hmm. and also respecting the culture for what it is so' we're, we're always trying to show people that culture is cool you can immerse yourself in it you can also respect it you can also watch from a distance and admire it but I think it's teaching Broadway the importance of it because sometimes you know you'll take the culture and you'll try to recreate it on stage without thanking the people or bringing the people to actually, you know make it authentic so that's something we want to do what oh, we've been doing yeah huge, that's, huge. That's not.
0: <laughs> such a pioneer <laughs>
1: yeah we're trying to be international sooner or later hello Get out to the west end out there that's what we're trying to do
0: <laughs> it would be what would that be uh snow with an e at the end
1: snow yes sunday night
0: on the west end on the end. west end Ooh, how British with an E at the end.
1: We might need to to pay you for that idea now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, We have one last question that we like to ask all of our guests. There are seven very well known dwarves in history. If you were the eighth dwarf, what would your name be?
1: Groovy, <laughs> Yes! <laughs> Wait, Groovy that is...
0: dwarf. That's I what mean, first...
1: our... Groovy.
2: Groovy. Groovy dwarf. Groovy. It's perfect.
1: Groovy. I mean, it's my last name. My last name, and a lot of people are like, "Is your last name actually Groover?" And I'm like, "Yeah, y'all. I really can't make it up." <laughs> <laughs> That's God.
0: That's God. That's
2: God. God. I had to double check. I was like, is that real?
1: Yeah, because a lot of people are like, that's a great stage name. And I'm like, nah, I really wish I could say it
0: was, but it wasn't.
2: Can't take credit for that one.
0: (laughs) Groover Grooves Groovy. Groovy.
2: Groovy. Thank you for joining us. It was so lovely to meet you. Of course. It was lovely to be around
0: y'all, beautiful souls. Thanks for spending part of your day off with me.
1: Oh, of course. Where can people?
0: Where can people find you, follow you, and keep up with you on the internet?
1: Okay. Um, And I really suck at this, y'all. I really have to be better about this. But um, you can either follow me on Instagram, which is my DJ name, which is Ari, A-R-I underscore. And then Grooves, G-R-O-O-V-E-S. Same thing with Twitter as well. I'm on those most. I mean, Facebook is cool, but I use that for friends and family. Y'all really don't want me on Facebook because I don't really say too much. <laughs> I, mean, a, I, I don't. Um, I'm working on rebranding my website, which is regrooves.com, but I have a link tree on my Instagram, so if you ever want to find something, it, you can go there. Love <laughs> a link tree. Yeah, a little one-stop shop. Same thing, Grooves link tree. You can find that.
2: Oh, you're so cool. Oh, Thank Steven, you. Stephen, well done. <laughs>
0: oh, thanks, Queen. Um I'll see you tomorrow, but I'll until see you then, tomorrow. In the room with Stephen and Dana Bye. is produced by Bye. Stephen Ferrise. And Bye. Dana Craig. Special
2: thanks to Joel Wagoner <laughs> for tinkling the ivories on our theme song. Hit him up at joelwagoner.com
0: We apologize, and you're welcome. We'd also like to thank Jesse Wiener, W-I-E-N-E-R, for our jazzy original music sprinkled throughout each episode.
2: You can find him at jessieweiner.com.
0: Last but certainly not least, we'd like to thank Kevin Thomas-Garcia for taking all of our ridiculous photos. You can find him online at ktgnyc.com. We are all over the internet on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at InTheRoomPod.
2: Follow us, like us, share us, pimp us out. And don't forget to subscribe to In The Room Podcast. We everywhere, so subscribe. And thank you so much for listening.
0: Thank you so much.
3: 18 plus.